Let's bring in Michael Zaremski, the director of Futures at Charles Schwab. He's joining us to get ahead of a busy week to come. Michael, before we start to break it down, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how investors, traders are expressing some concerns ahead of uh, the week ahead. Good morning, Ben. And I think that's kind of an understatement about the concerns here so far today as it's been uh, really just kind of a, a very dour tone here. Really, the last several sessions here in the market, they are really culminated with that uh, surprising rise in CPI on uh, Friday there. And then that really negative tone for consumers there to consumer sentiment figures as well, too. It really just kind of exacerbated what was a really a rough week here for the equity markets. And I think it's just really just a lot of disappointment there, whether any hopes there were, maybe the inflationary pressures were starting to uh, peak and roll down. They were really dashed over that CPI figure here. So it, it just really kind of set the market towards a negative tone. And then top that off here, you got additional maybe lockdowns here in China as well too and it just really took the whole risk sentiment off the market and we're seeing kind of that uh kind of that hangover effect here this morning as we're down over two percent and nearly three percent of some of the indices this morning you know uh michael i don't think anybody expected the cpi necessarily to paint a rosy picture but uh, maybe not uh, as dismal as it did. And as you mentioned, it really solidified uh, some of the concerns investors had been expressing heading into that one, the Michigan sentiment number. Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a record low, right? I mean, you can understand why when you've got energies at these upper levels. We just had Fiona Boll joining us uh, a minute ago, and we were talking here about, you know, uh, basically commodities and the impact they've had on sentiment, price pressures they've contributed to. Exactly right there. I mean, you're a consumer there and you're paying what five, six dollars at the gas pump. Yeah. You're going to the grocery store and you're seeing, you know, prices rising almost week by week for some of your staples as well, too. And if really, they're you're on the shelf, even if you can get them. Exactly right. And you're not seeing your paycheck growing to this extent as well, yeah. too. So you can see why there's a lot of uh, negative sentiment in the market. Not to mention there, if you're a renter there, rents aren't going down any in meaningful way either here. So it's really just kind of a triple whammy here for consumer. You can see why there's some negative uh, outlook here as well too. We're not seeing, like I said, those pressures start to ease anywhere yet. So I can see why this sentiment there would be kind of negative here. But I mean, even in today here as well too, it's not just the equity markets here, they're at down. In fact, if you look at the commodity markets, even markets like crude oil and natural gas, the energy markets are actually down as well too. It seems like traders and investors are just now kind of in a you know just a, a risk off mode across the board as well to affect there's a couple of grain markets that are in the green here today but really it's just red a sea of red across all the markets here and when we get into the crypto markets here which are down more than double digits across the board as well yeah i just actually want to pull up a bitcoin chart because again we've really opened up the door to the downside recently failing to get anything going up above the 50-day moving average failed attempt around 48,000 was severe came back off and a breakout to the downside. The indices are breaking out now as well. We'll pull some charts here in just a minute and have a look at the indices uh, as we mix them into this discussion here. Um, uh, but Michael, you know, I guess the real concern here in terms of uh, what you were just talking about, price of the pump, the checkout lane, you got the Fed now raising prices of mortgages and uh, uh, loans uh, across the board, ultimately, uh, auto loans and such are going to be a reflection of that. So something's got to give the, the concern here being that it's 
ultimately on the spending side, right? And that we kind of start to tighten up some of our habits and, um, you know, uh, demand starts to diminish here and then growth comes a fact, becomes a factor. And, you know, we've already sort of seen a reflection of that towards the end of earnings season, which also seemed to spark some of these concerns. Targets, for example, and some of the other big names that we're talking about, these cost pressures, margins declining and such. Right, hearing some of these retailers, they're starting to, you know, talk down their expectations here for the uh, the next quarter as well, too. And you're right, the consumer there is eventually going to cry uncle there as well, too. Mm -hmm. We'll start to see that here. But even some of the data out this week, we have retail sales out here uh, later this week as well, too. It's expected to be up maybe 0.2%, which is down from 0.9% the month before. So maybe the consumer is starting to pull back a little bit as well. So really, I think there's a few really key parts of data here we're going to look at this week, other than the Fed. Reserve, which is obviously the key focus for traders this week. We do have uh, producer prices out tomorrow. So that's supposed to see uh, a little bit of a reprieve down to 10.9% in May from 11%. Still really high levels here as well, too. We really need to see those producer prices start to turn down because I think if we see the producer prices start to turn down, maybe some of that will translate on the consumer level as well, too. So we really need to see that number here kind of pull back. We also have, like I said, retail sales out. We also have housing starts and building permits, which uh, we are going to be a negative number again here. I think the housing market has really taken it on the chin now, really starting to slow down. We're going to see that with the uh, home builders, uh, consumers, you know, home builders sentiment numbers out this week as well, too. And we expect to see, and once again, another negative figure as well, too. But the number I'm focusing on this week here is those jobless claims. Because okay. that's the number that's really going to kind of signal there what is happening with the labor market here. We had that kind of jump up last week. They're up to 229. If we see another jump up again as well, too, are we starting to see a trend here of more layoffs here and starting to see a little bit maybe a slowdown there in the in that labor market as well, too. So that's kind of the number that I'm focusing on. And of course, the Fed. Now markets are participating, then maybe the Fed will look at a 75 basis point hike as soon as even this meeting, though. It seems like maybe there's more of a chance there in July as well, too, if we don't see these inflationary pressures start to rain down. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, um, attention directed towards a hint of that, or the dot plot, basically, is what I think we'll be looking at as far as suggestions, as far as information related to 75 in July or September. Michael, uh, we briefly saw the yield curve invert to 210. Talk to us about the significance of, I mean, everybody puts a lot of, um, you know, kind of focus or attention to that and directs or ultimately says it's, it's a uh, precursor to recession. But we've heard that basically more that it needs to be sustained or inverted for a prolonged period of time, not necessarily touching that area. And ultimately, it's a ways off. And there's a lot that can happen in between now and then, simply put. Absolutely right here. We've seen the, uh, you know, the yield curves there invert a few times already so far mm -hmm. this recent cycle here as well, too. We're now we're doing it at higher rates here. Now we're starting to see the two-year node yield start to push that three and a quarter percent there as well. And it, I think the concern there are rising now that the Fed may be forced to put the economy into a recession there to really kind of tamp down inflationary pressure. So I think those concerns definitely are rising here. We're seeing, like I said, the market's starting to maybe anticipate that as well too, but you're right. It's a little too early to say that recession is imminent, but you know the signals there are starting to get a, a little bit more dour here that that may be the eventual situation here going into later this year or, or next year, especially, like I said, if we can't get those inflationary pressures down and the Fed is really forced to really put on that break there, 
and really try to slow the economy there, slow demand there, because they can't control the supply side, but they can control the demand side there to try to cap these inflation. Uh, higher rates, in theory, are intended to do just that. Michael, let's talk a little bit about how it's not just the Fed. We've got a busy week in central bank, uh, in terms of central bank activity globally as well, the Bank of England, Bank of Japan, I saw Swiss National Bank. Uh, so again, a uh, few other factors to keep an eye on here. And I just looked actually uh, overnight, UK GDP, disappointing. I saw a negative on a month-over-month -month basis here, a bit of a surprise. They were looking for a slight increase there. But if you could just kind of uh, speak to the global focus here this week in terms of how it's not just the FOMC, it's not just uh, here in the U.S. No, in fact, most central banks there are in a uh, tightening mode there to kind of play inflation. Now, two of the three that are also uh, having their meetings this week, the uh, Swiss National Bank and the Bank of Japan, you're not going to see any signs there of any kind of tightening there for either of those banks as well. So let's look at the Bank of England there. Right now, the market's factoring 25 basis point increase here. They probably should do 50 here, given the inflationary pressures there. But like I said here, we're starting to see, you know, their GDP data start to turn negative there as well, too. Will the Bank of England there be more aggressive on rates when it looks like maybe the UK is going to enter into a recession as well? That's a hard kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> tight rope there. They got to walk as well, too. But um, I think they'll maybe talk a little bit hawkish there as well, too. But probably a 25 basis point increases in the cards there for the Bank of England. British pound here, we're looking at it rolling over here, but but Michael, nothing as extreme in terms of the disparity as far as what we're seeing here in the Fed and the Bank of Japan and a reflection of that in terms of the two currencies, the dollar holding up around, uh, well, basically against the yen, near a 25-year high, 24-year high, I think a new 24-year high overnight. Exactly right there. That's uh, the been trend that just keeps on going as well, too, is you have a polar opposites from what the Fed being you know, highly aggressive there, the tightening cycle there to the uh, Bank of Japan there, which is still looking to inflate their economy to get wages higher as well, too. And it's showing right now no signs of, you know, any kind of tightening cycle as well, even though they got inflationary pressures up to near that 2% level. However, should you start to see the volatility of the yen really start to ramp up there, that's when you're going to start to get the Bank of Japan the Ministry of Finance, Nervous 30, may start to see a little bit of intervention into the currency market. So I would keep an eye on the volatility of the dollar yen there as well, too. If you start to see that move quickly to that, you know, 140 level, 145 level, you could see the Bank of Japan get back into the intervention business here as well, too, and look for potentially some fireworks there in this market here. It's been a really a one-way trend for months. Last week, we saw the Euro uh, uh, ECB get back into that business as well. So it does seem to be uh, not so much a matter of if, but when. Michael, appreciate you joining us here. A great breakdown in terms of the week ahead. It's a busy one, it looks like. Michael Zaremski joining us from Charles Schwab.